Hey. Hello. Welcome to the Section 109 Podcast. Matthew, it's been a while since we had a few brewskis. Well, what are we waiting for? Well, open yours. Fine. Fine. I will. It's a sweet sound. It's a sweet, sweet sound. There we go. There we go. Welcome into the Section 109 Podcast. We are coming at you from Studio Breezy. Mix and Toby are in the room, as always. So when they make their appearances, uh, you can feel blessed. Um, we are here to talk about several things, but we just had some news. Matthew, roll across the Twitter. The WPSL Best 11 for the Southeastern Conference just came out. And guess who's on it? Anna Mother Fucking Lancer. Let's go. Well-deserved. Not at all um, surprising, really. I'm surprised it took until now for it to come out. I don't know what they were doing. Um, but yeah, that's... No surprise, she was captain leader Anna for a reason, and yeah, she's a she's a she's a, a stalwart. She's, and a she's a baller, and she is yeah one of my favorite all time uh, CFC women's players from either before and after. She's the best, and she's made an appearance on this podcast, so you can scroll back into your feed. And uh, I had three other people on that podcast that are not normally on this podcast. All three women. It's a way better podcast because of that. So you should listen. <laughs> it's not me and Matthew. Uh, Shout out, about dumb stuff. Shout out to a uh, uh, guest co-host Amanda Moore, yes, who did a killer job, and I might have to draft her soon as you're doing a lot of traveling and working. <laughs> um, all right, Matthew. So we are also here uh, to talk about the last three men's games. So we did a little a preview pod, uh, and now we played three games, and now it is only right that we do a review pod. So uh, going chronological order. Yeah. So I, I just want to say before we get started. Um, that a, a couple people uh, have found me in the last week or so in real life, and they're like, "Hey, uh, you didn't uh, you didn't do a podcast uh, about about K United and about Syracuse? Like, what's up?" So, our bad. We we were too chicken. <laughs> uh, well, and I forgot my microphone uh, on the plane too. Well, not on the plane, but Matthew's been traveling for work, and yeah. it's. My microphone was still at home. But also, I also want to point out, like, we are back in person in part because I went back and listened to some of our old podcasts, and Matt did too, some of the ones we did, which we had to do for a while because Matt was traveling so much and I was traveling, whatever else we had to do, some remote. They're better in person. Yeah, everything's better in person. Yeah, so we're we're We're, back in person. As as CFC might say, we're better together. Together. Hey. Hey. Oh, you're a bad person. I know. Um, All right, so... Let's dive straight in. We'll do Syracuse first. We'll no, sorry. Cal United, Cal United first. first, excuse me. Um, Cal United first. It goes Cal United, then Syracuse, and then Michigan Stars. Um, well, Cal United came to town. They were just off their fresh off their first loss of the season. Uh, and they handed us our second loss of the season. Uh one to zero. Yeah, so uh they they were fresh off their first loss, but they also played Michigan Stars on the weekend uh, at the same time that we were playing Maryland Bobcats. Uh, so they came in. It was their third game in eight days, and if 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 you could tell, you you have a little bit better eye than I do. Um, I thought I thought this is one of the situations where we talked about in the preview pod that they have some depth uh, and and lots of pieces that they can go to uh, to mitigate. The, some of the travel to mitigate some of the minutes played uh, in a in a week stretch, and this is one of those situations where a you know a substitute scored in the whatever minute it was, and depth depth sometimes is really nice. Yeah, I think I don't know I don't know their lineup super super well, 
but they rotated a bit for that first half, right? I know Tier Jung wasn't playing, who is who is maybe not a start an everyday starter for them, but is still a, a stalwart of that lineup. Nuno did start. Nuno did Lopez start. Lopez started. Lopez started. I think they brought in uh, Badamakian and Tier Jung in the, at, at halftime. Uh, but I, I remember watching bits of the of the Cal United Maryland Bobcats game uh, before we played the Bobcats, and. I think they made four changes at halftime, including bringing Nuno and Tier Jung off. Yeah, preparing so, for this game. Yes, in, in part for preparing for this game, in part preparing for the Stars game on the weekend. Uh, I mean, they were just going to play a lot of minutes in uh, in a very short amount of time. And for a team that has depth, to take advantage of that depth is wise. Yes. And I, and I think, if you know, we will get to the Syracuse game. Uh, and, and there's a litany of things that went wrong in the Syracuse game. But... I think part of it was exasperated by trying to chase a game down a man with some players that were just were just gassed from yep. their from their own stretch of three games in nine days. Yeah, I agree with that. So uh, before we get super far into this, um, there are going. I, I took very detailed notes. I showed Matthew before this. Uh, I rewatched today. I'm sorry. I well, I guess it was technically today. Um, I rewatched it this morning about two a.m. before I went to bed, and. There, I took notes like in four pages. There's a lot of individual players in here. I'm not looking to trash any individual player um, necessarily. Like I just, I want to say like I love you boys. Like, but there's some like, you know, there's some notes here. Uh, stuff that went well, stuff that didn't go well. Nothing uh, about like no notes on performance changes the way I feel about you boys. I love you all. Uh, I want to point out for the listeners. And if you're that- also if you're a, if you're a player and listening to this, close it, man. Don't listen to this. We're stupid. Listen to your listen to your coaches, not to us. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the listeners, hey, especially Matt yelling from the supporter section, definitely don't listen to that. For for the listeners that obviously cannot see this, he he was holding his his notebook with his paper with two hands with a little smile on his face, but he was shaking it like he was going to like beat something over the head with it. Oh man! Um, all right, so I'm just going to go like piece by piece. I won't read you every single note, but I'm going to read a bunch of them because um, I just kind of did minute by minute, similar to how we broke down the women's game. So again, th- remember this game finished one nothing. Um, Cal United, and we'll get some thoughts and some feelings. And I'm going to go minute by minute, and then I'll take your um, your thoughts and whatever interspersed. So minute four, I noted it was a very physical game. Um, the game had not settled down yet, and the first few minutes were pretty frantic, pretty hectic, and it was very physical. Cal United was tactical fouling, but also just challenging for every ball, and their back line stepped hard and effectively the entire game. So they were playing... I don't know what position, what formation they were nominally playing, but for large portions of the game, it was playing more like a four-one-four-one, with the four and the one staying back. So your your four bank of defenders and your one. Now it wasn't that they never went forward; they did pick their times and go forward with some outside backs. But in general, the four defenders stayed back with the defensive midfielder, and they, especially in the first half, they just stayed deep and looked to counter. And yeah, it was. Very interesting to see how they approached it. And that back line is extremely athletic, as as a CFC front office member pointed out to me after the game. We were chatting about how they felt like the game went. Um, and I, I agreed with that, but on, on rewatch, man, was that apparent. That back line was extremely athletic. At, one thing they did really, really well is that they would step to the final ball. So if you had a ball coming into Marcus, even in transition, like quick, quick movements, whatever, they would be able to step and either hit him and the ball and not get called for a foul or step in front of him. And it wasn't just him, but he was one. a lot of times the last one receiving the ball. And they were very quick to step up to wingers, and wingers were always had two. They never left Taylor unguarded and Alley either. They always had that outside back back. They always had the center back coming out, 
and shifting over, and the and one of the either the winger or the uh, six shifting out. So that winger was all our winger was always isolated. We a lot of times this season we have our three. We'll have three players playing kind of triangles around you know two or three of their players on the wing, and it's one of the ways we create space and create moments and whatever else and recycle the ball. We were able to have the ball in the midfield a lot. But we were not able to have the ball on the wing because they they got on the wing and before anybody could get to Taylor, when any of our players could get to Taylor, they would have three guys around him, and they were very very physical. So um, minute nine, um, yeah, Rich really really cleaned up some stuff. Uh, Colin had some trouble dealing with Nuno at times. I mean, everyone in this league, every uh, center back every, in this league, has everyone in this trouble has trouble dealing yeah, with Nuno. In fact, I have a uh, and I'm not going to read you the totals, but I have a Nuno versus Colin and a Nuno versus um, Frankie. Uh, thing at the top of my page with hash marks because I was curious how the physical battles would go. Um, and I'm not going to read those because I don't, I don't want to disparage anybody, but Nuno is very, very good. And he did not score and he did not, uh, he did not assist, but boy, was he dangerous in the limited times. We actually did a good job keeping him from getting the ball in dangerous areas. The most of the place he got, it was actually out on the left wing, which was, or deep. He had to come deep uh, to come get the ball. And that was actually a testament to how well we played him. Yeah. Um, but those- and, and when something I've noticed when watching Cal United over the years, when when Nuno does not feel like he's getting a lot of the game, he tries to he almost tries to become like a target winger and flare out to the wing where he can get a little bit more space. And because he's such a good passer of the ball, he can use you know coming out to whichever wing he wants to go to, open up space on the other side, and he can hit that pass. And then he's going to start darting for the box to try to be be there for a uh, for a finish. Like he's he's just a really really good player. He's, he's a, a really handful. good player. Like I I I would not. You could be a really good center back in this league, and there have been some good ones, including a bunch in USL Championship right now, uh, that have that, that have Nun- had some problems with Omar Nuno. Like, it's just, it's just part of it. A hundred percent. So, minute twelve, first chance of the game. Um, it's kind of half chance for us. So I wrote these down, and these it's not. This is not perfect, but I did kind of quarter chances, which is like a little something that was dangerous. That kind maybe it resulted. I don't know. I call them quarter chances, half chances, good chance, and great chance. That's how I, I nail. And then, like, I have other ones that I've written down as notes, but I have no, like, even if they were a chance, I don't have anything written because they really weren't dangerous. So this is a half chance, so reasonably dangerous. Um, very unscientific here. But um, it was just good, uh, really good interplay, and McGrath hits a cross across the box, and it's just a, a little bit um, over the top, and there's nobody there to to get to it. And it's But it's close, and it's, it's dangerous, and it, it's one of those plays that, like, with a little bit of luck or just a, a good play from somebody, which, spoiler alert, is kind of what happens from their cross and their goal, um, they, like, it could have been a goal, but it wasn't. So, um, yeah, they were consistently, I mean, right after that, two players coming after every time we had a ball at the ball, and there was a third player, just as I mentioned earlier. Like, just surrounding the ball, but never being outnumbered, which shows you they were staying back with a lot of numbers. Um, I, I labeled a quarter chance at around minute 15. They had a tactical foul and a yellow for Cal United. I mean, early in the game, they had a tactical foul yellow in the 15th minute. Um, we had a turnover and great break from McGrath, and that's when they got the yellow card. Um, and then that was the first good press and turnover of the game, first time our press really worked to turn them over and get in transition, which where we are always dangerous. And then, interestingly enough, Marcus was going to take the free kick, and then they kind of waved him off. I don't. It can't look like it came from the bench, so I don't know if they had like a particular play they wanted to run. And then McGrath and um, somebody lined up, probably Sarah, I don't remember. And then they touched it to McGrath. McGrath took essentially a free kick from one yard away from where he took it, and it was just wide. Um, now it's, I call that a quarter chance because it wasn't a good chance of scoring, but the shot was good. 
uh, and it was not that far wide. And if if that shot's on frame, it's a goal uh, because the goalkeeper was not ready for it. It's just a little, you know, it's just not a high percentage chance. But interesting, that ball was right on the 20, like literally on the 20. So maybe that's where they, I, I wonder if that's where they consider, quote unquote, out of Marcus's range. It's a long free kick. I don't know that I want anybody taking oh, that's a free about, kick. That's about 28 yards or so, right? Yeah. So, but but I I he's lining up there, and I'm watching the video. and I didn't remember this, like, and I was like, oh, like this is going to be a, a you know a, a chance. And he takes one later in the game, at like the eight from the eighteen on the other side. I think it's on the other side, uh, and it's you know it's much more dangerous. So I don't know if when I say much more dangerous, like it's a dangerous free kick. So I wonder if that's the line. I don't know. Also, maybe they just thought they saw you know something, but it was just interesting uh, that McGrath essentially took a free kick that off of you know the little jump thing they do, where one of them jumps over and pushes the ball out. But he basically pushed it one one yard out and hit it. Um, there's a tactical foul in minute 19 that I felt like should have been a card from the ref. Um, I don't think this referee was particularly bad, but he did let Cal play physical. Um, and if the 15, if the 15th minute tactical foul, which was a yellow card, was a yellow card, and it, I think it was, 19, boy, lucky to get away. Le- the Cal, Cal player could have had, we could have had another, now it wasn't a second yellow, it was a different player. I, I actually didn't check that, but I'm fairly sure it was a different player. But it's just like, and we weren't like freaking out about it, but it, boy, it could have been another that would have been two yellows in the first 20 minutes for tactical fouls. Um, minute 22, uh, we had minute 22 and 23. We were, we really were pounding on, on, on their goal, like knocking on that door. Uh, Taylor or Tate had a great ball over the top to gray, which, you know, we go over the top a bit, but we don't go over the top centrally. We go over the top to the wings into space. Um, and this was a ball over the top, right over the top. Taylor had both guys on his back shoulder. He was about a yard ahead um, and he tries to bring it down. It it would have been a world-class touch to bring it down before the goalkeeper got there. Um, and he just can't quite bring it down and the goalkeeper scoops it. It is like, I'm the way I'm describing it makes it sound like it was, you should have been a goal. No, it's a good chance. And if he makes a world-class play there, like it's a goal, but it's just one of those like, ah, danger adjacent. Like it's a very good ball. It's almost a very good touch. And it's just, just short, but it's not like, it's not one of those plays where you're like, damn it, I can't believe he messed that up. Like, it's like, nah, it's so close. You know, one, if the goalkeeper's a little slower off his line or if there's an extra yard of space or if Taylor gets a little luckier, has a little better touch, like he's one-on-one with the goalkeeper with two guys right behind him. Immediately after that, um, we have another, like, turnover, like literally because the goalkeeper kicks it back out. We turn it right back over and we come pressing down and Ali's touch is just a little too heavy, but he's basically, he's one-on-one with the goalkeeper and then he just heavy touches it into the goalkeeper. So two very dangerous. I, I put the first one as a quarter chance. Second one is a half chance because Ali, if he doesn't touch that heavy is like one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but it just, you know, it is how it goes, but you could see like the intent that we had um, at that point. So skip a few here. Uh, minute 26. Um, great through ball. Um, and that is just, inches away from Alley reaching it, going out of bounds. Um, if he gets that, like, he's he's got it, and he's behind the defense, and, you know, he's got a chance to cross over. Um, and I wrote here in the... <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to sure it was lovely for listeners' ears. Uh, in the first 27 minutes, um, Cal's been comfortable to just let us have the ball and a counter, which is not what I expected because they're nominally the most talented team in the league. As far as we know, the biggest payroll in the league. Easily. Um Biggest payroll, I wouldn't necessarily say easily most talented, but arguably most talented. Oh, I, I was saying easily to the biggest payroll. Yeah, yeah. So and, like, and that's not close. The fact that they came to Chattanooga to basically play like bunker and counter um, tells you that they were worried about us, um, and and for good reason, I think. Like we we were consistently dangerous, and you notice I haven't read anything about Cal United so far. Um, yeah, half chance in the thirty second minute. Um, 
we had a couple little stuff before that, but nothing like of real danger, just some almost um, great interplay. Um, first time ball with from Marcus, which is the thing we see a lot. Um, oh yeah, Toby, get him, Toby. Um, you know, that, that first time ball, right, with Marcus coming back to the ball, he does this a lot. The ball's coming out, he's coming back towards our goal, and then he plays it first time through the lines. Just great ball through, um, and Ale gets it. He's basically on the edge of the six-yard box. He crosses it across the goal, and it misses McGrath's head by maybe a foot. I mean, it, it's almost a dunk. Like, it's just, man, it's one of those plays, I, I labeled it a, a half chance. Um, like, it's a good chance. It's also really hard to hit a ball in the air and get it on somebody's head, even from that close. So, like, it's a really good chance. It's really good. And we've got, you know, we've got a bunch of chances. Just none of these are, like, glaring massive chances. Um, we have a close offside for Nuno where he's dangerous and maybe it would have resulted in a goal, but he was offside. So we, we won't know. Um, that's kind of their first thing in the game. And they've had two corners at this point, but both corners have been kind of easily dealt with. Um, and then I have a quarter chance in the 38th, another quarter chance in the 38th. Um, just, these are just like shots or whatever. Like Taylor almost intercepts a pass that would have put him two on one with the keeper, him and somebody else that he, the ball like either rolls over his foot or under his foot. Like he's at full stretch. Like he just can't quite get it. Um, 39th minute misses 38 38 39 39 those are all like mostly quarter chances or at least like notable chances that I wrote down um, we're actually shooting from outside the box and Jean Antoine is a big boy so he's gonna be tough to beat but so we don't shoot from outside the box a lot and I think it's all it's almost always in very specific locations and only only uh if you look at the goal and you take the width of the goal and and put that out into the box yeah. and beyond. Yeah. It like that's the only if you want to use like a zone, that is the only zone you're allowed to yeah, shoot. Yeah, between from. the edges of the goal and then straight out. But we were shooting a little bit more, including a tiny bit from outside of that, but not far. But we were just like really game to shoot, which I thought was interesting and I thought was fun and I think was good because Cal United's again very, very athletic defenders were blocking a lot of shots. So the fact that we were shooting whenever we got the opportunity, I really liked. And on another day with just a sprinkle of luck, we have a goal or two off of those because these were like chances that were low percentage that were close. And you get enough of those, like they become, they add up. It's, it's the same way XG. And I haven't seen XG from this game, but this is my own you know, dumb version of XG. <laughs> um, it was a half chance uh, for Marcus, just really good defending. Um, the ball pa is passed around him in the 42nd, and it's like it's that same, it's that ball where he turns the corner and gets around a guy, but it's just real good defending, and it's all it's danger adjacent, but just can't quite get there. Um, and then we're getting vertical. It's another through ball that's inches too long in the 45th, and then we end the half. Um, <coughs> apologies. Um, we end the first half. I don't have real possession stats, but my gut and brain feeling say 75-25. I mean, we had the ball the entire half. Um, they had two marginally dangerous Cal plays, one that somebody dribbled out of bounds, and the one um, Nuno offside thing that he never even got to shoot because he was off. Um, and there was three corners total or two corners total. I didn't write that down here. Um, that they just like, I think they had three in the first half, but like they weren't particularly dangerous. Yeah. So, like, I felt very, very good. I also wrote down, I totaled up our chances here. So, we have no big chances. I would I would say no, like, no, like, oh, that should be a goal. Yeah. Just a bunch of could be a goal. So, I, I wrote down six quarter chances and three half chances for us in the first half. 
And I wrote down that we were pretty dominant um, in that first half. Like, not dominant in the way that we're missing big chances or creating big chances. We're up 2 nothing, But I would not have expected, and on rewatch, we were more dominant than I remembered. I would not have expected to dominate Cal like we did in that first half. And I think a part of that was them playing three three games in nine days and traveling. But a part of that was just we were on it. We were ready to play our game, and they were not uh, they were not ready for our first half, I don't think. You got any thoughts about the first half? Yeah, so I think they were ready defensively to keep us from scoring, to block shots. They were not ready to deal with possession and whatever else. They were going to sit there and bunker and counter. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I just think that's... Um, I think well, a lot of a lot of people remember the second half of that game, and obviously, like and that's what I remembered too before uh, rewatching. I mean, it's it's the the more recent half. It's the one with the goal in it, like, and and I think I think their subs in the second half also livened them up in a way that we struggled to to, to counterbalance, and I think that's one of those games where because of the way we were playing and because of what they eventually brought in off the bench, because um, it's the last 45 minutes of their trip, so they're, they're going to go for it. And and they'd save their players and, so and they could do and this. And they'd save some players so that they, they could Smartly. get some subs and do, and do things like that. For as dumb as Dom Ebert is, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> he did a pretty good coaching job in this game. Uh, yeah, honestly, he's done a pretty good coaching job this year. Uh, although mostly it's by accident. I wonder like if, if he, you just play Omar Nuno and keep a defense back, like, yeah, no fucking way. Like, of course. I wonder also if ha- he might. He's got. So I, I looked up. He has two assistants and a goalkeeper coach. It's about time. I wonder if one of those assistants is just like a good assistant and is doing a better job helping coach the team. Now that's something I haven't thought of. I mean, it's definitely not him. <laughs> All right. Uh, the The other thing I'll just say is the first half, and and basically it's dominance, right? You know, there's we we didn't create it, anything. It's in. more control. Dominance probably isn't the right word. I used dominance, but maybe dominance, maybe control. We controlled that half. We dictated that half. So they were a, reactive in a situation, to us in a situation like that. And, and 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 we did not create any of those. You know, we had to score that chances, right? But that's that's the kind of half you need to score in, because you have to take advantage in in soccer and in sports. You have to be able to take advantage of when you are in the ascendancy. Yes, and something that Rod said very clearly on this podcast that we've repeated ad nauseum. Yes, and by the way, if you're if you're in Cal United shoes. And and you're in, you know, the penultimate forty five minutes of your trip, the third game in, in in eight days. You know, sometimes you just set up to bunker and to counter for forty five minutes, even though you can possess the ball, because you're trying to save the legs uh, of your team a little bit and get through that first little period, get used to the crowd, uh, you know, kind of work yourself into the game, and and from that from that vantage point i thought they did a really really good job um and i think they rightly it turns out you know made the gamble that if they put numbers back and just made it difficult for us to play through them or play around them or play over them or play just any way possible that they they figured that yes it'll be hard they'll have to to be to be good defensively 
But if they can just keep the ball in front, they'll probably, probably get through the half without giving up a goal. And then can get some new players on and really start to start to attack and start trying to change the game. And maybe in the broader sense of not just the Cal United game, but thinking about um, thinking about Syracuse a little bit, thinking about two games against Michigan Stars. There, there is a clear difference. Um, there's a clear difference post Flower City Union in April that teams that like really try to come after us, not necessarily when in terms of like how they press us or anything like that, but how they're kind of they kind of set up. And where their line of confrontation and is. And where their line of confrontation is and, and where their, their their defending line is. There are teams that understand that if they try to go toe-to-toe with us, we will beat you. We just we will just beat you and we will beat you badly. The only team that has pressed us with any sort of success, and it was only marginal success, was Syracuse. Yeah. And it only worked for part of their game. We still beat them. Yeah. Uh, the other... But but if you put numbers behind the ball and make things tougher, sometimes Michigan get, stars twice. Yeah, sometimes well you know we, we find a goal out of it, and sometimes we don't. Yeah, and and that's how it is for all good teams. Correct. You see that. Correct. You see that against every Pep Guardiola team. You see that every time anybody plays Liverpool, anytime someone plays Man City, anytime a smaller team plays Real Madrid, plays Barcelona. Like whenever you you are the to increase your chances. Of not losing. It's not even necessarily... Now, Cal United was there to win, obviously. But I think if they had come out with a draw, they would have considered that successful. I agree with that. Uh, and I think this game could have, and we'll get to the second half, but it could have finished one nothing, could have finished 2 nothing for either team. Your your odds of getting your odds of getting scored on uh, decrease the more numbers you put behind the ball. At the same time, your odds of, of scoring, decrease. especially from the run and play, decrease the more and more numbers you commit behind the ball. Hello, Michigan Stars. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 is, that is the odds game that Michigan Stars play all the time. Uh, and there are ways to combat that, like putting numbers, like when you get the ball and go on the counter, you know, putting numbers into the attack, uh, playing kind of for, for corners and set pieces and then sending your numbers forward then. And having all your players be six foot nine. It really helps. Um, so, yeah, I, I, agree with your, I agree with your point there about... That game, the the Cal United game, could have finished one zero. It did finish one zero. Could have finished one zero the other way for us. It could have been honestly. There's a world in which that game finishes two nil to Cal United. There's a world where it finishes two nil to us. And there's a and there's a world in which and, it finishes anywhere in between nil nil one one zero zero two two yeah anything. And I would not have been shocked. I would not have been shocked about really any of those outcomes. Rewatching that game, the fairest outcome is probably like two to one us. But also, we're going to talk about the second half. If you talk about big, ch- you give some credit for big chances. It's just an even game, and if you sum it all up, I'd be interested to see what Jed's XG will be. But it's a lot of like lower percentage stuff that adds up for us, and one massive chance for us. And spoiler alert for them: two massive chances, and then a couple things that add up, and like nothing else. And we have a stonewall penalty, a stone cold penalty that does not get called. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's dive straight into the second half. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, no, it's disgusting on mic, guys. Uh, there's a straight away we come out flat. This is the only 15 minutes of the game that we don't dictate, that we are not um, controlling, and that's that's a little bit. If I got some critiques for this game, that is, I don't know if it was simply mentality, if it was the substitutes, and then Cal United changing their mentality, and then us adjusting to that. 
but they came out on fire. Um, also, the score bug didn't work. It worked for like one minute in the second half, then it didn't work for like 10 minutes, and then it started again. So I'm glad it started again, but come on, CFC, let's have our score bug work, please. Um, so the free kick and header, four minutes into the second half, um, save from KG. It's a good chance. It's a big chance. Um, and it's the first like really big chance of the match. Um, so it's like, I mean, it's a header and like right at, I think just right at him. But um, then there's a great chance to follow that up. Two massive chances for Cal United, minute 51. So that's 49 now, 51. A double save from KG. This was the thing in the game that I remembered the most. And why I think I remembered us being worse than we actually were is because I remembered this chance, which was KG going to his right, making a big save, and then him being on the ground and still going to his right and getting another ball hit right at him. It's just like a bang, bang. And he makes a great, great job holding on to the second one. Great first. Like, there's nothing to critique KG on that at all. He saves that. But that's, I, that is when it's like, oh, shit. Like, Cal United is not only here to play. Like, these are two massive chances. It should be one nothing Based on the good chance or the great chance, it should be one nothing minimum. Probably, maybe, 2 nothing would have been a little harsh because it would have been, like, their only two chances of the game. But, like, it should have been one nothing realistically, after after those two, uh, the header and then the double shot. Like, what, then they didn't score, and it... Felt good momentarily. <laughs> uh, in minutes 53 and 54, um, they had a header just wide from Cal. Uh, I would call it a half chance. It's a good good header, good chance. Um, big big chance for headers. Headers are not, like, for me, a lot of times big chances because they're just so unpredictable. Um, in minute 55, Dixon goes on a solo dribble, and then he has a shot slash pass that kind of goes wide. I don't know if he's passing to the back post or if he's shooting. But, like, it's just like a wild, like, Richard Dixon dribbling into the box. Um, there's a stat somewhere of progressive carries into the box for, I, I was gonna uh, for say, Richard Dixon. I, I, I don't think he's pretty uh, pretty high on that list normally. Bro, it was wild. Um, and, I mean, like that that's one of those with a little bit more luck. And you said this at talking about half, at halftime just now of our, of our recap. Like, if we get a little bit of luck or we just get one of those goals to go in, one of those half chances to turn into a goal, this is a totally different game. But it didn't happen. And then we have a shot from McGrath, little quarter chance. Goal keep, goalkeeper bobbles. Um, could have amounted to something. Um, McGrath got a yellow for descent. Um, and, and at that point, when I saw that happen, I, I kind of started paying atten- more attention to how we looked and how they looked. And Cal United was really doing a lot of referee complaining, a lot of bitching and moaning and whining. And I don't know that we were handling the referee poorly but I don't know that we were in his ear enough and I and I think that that might have hurt us in the end um there's a terrible call on Colin who was one-on-one with the keeper um now the keeper saved it um but it was on a Tate cross and like I have the screen grab he's clearly on side which is really frustrating um skipping forward a little bit more there's some subs Cal United takes off Lopez which was interesting in the 63rd and they score in the 65th this was another great chance um, for Cal. Um, actually, I wrote down great. No, I'm sorry. Great chance for us. Excuse me. We're not, we're not at the Cal goal yet. Um, great chance for us. So Taylor keeps it in. An unbelievable job keeping it on the line. He crosses it uh, while off balance. It comes all the way across to Ali, who takes one touch to the right and hits the crossbar. If you haven't seen Jake Haley's video, it's on Instagram. It's probably on Twitter and Facebook, too, I would imagine. It's awesome, and it's just inches, game of inches. If that ball goes in, man, and that is a great chance for us. It is as big a chance as you can get. You know, he he shakes the player, and he's got pretty much the whole goal to shoot at. He beats the keeper, and it just hits, clangs off the crossbar, hits down and comes back out and does not cross the line, just inches away. Um, 
man, tough one there. And then um, 68, uh, Rich plays three, and I wrote this down, Rich played three great balls in buildup in a row. Like, Rich, like it, the ball cycles to him, and he plays a first-time ball through traffic, like hits, comes, like cuts out like three guys, and then it cycles immediately back to him, then he hits three, and I may be getting them out of order, but then he hits another one that cuts out two guys, and then it cycles back to him, and he hits, an, I mean, all three first time, and all three cutting out multiple players. It was awesome. I was just like, this is not the Richard, like Richard Dixon, shockingly, and I say this shockingly because Richard Dixon's 30, give or take. 30-year-old soccer players do not, 31, is that what you're looking at me like that? I think it's like 32, actually. Okay, so 30-plus-year-old 30, 30 soccer players do not usually develop noticeably better and new skills. It's just not a thing. Like, you're usually the art of the player you are. And this year, Rich has, and Rich was probably the best player on the team last year, arguably. Certainly the most important in a lot of ways. You saw, the last two years, you saw a massive difference whenever he was out. Mm-hmm. Whenever he was out. Yeah. And this year, he is taking these giant steps forward offensively. And you can see it from the first couple games that we played of the season till now. Like, he's just a different player. And I can only call that growth. And it's wild. And those balls were balls that I would have bet. I would have bet you so much money he was incapable of hitting. And I mean that with love and respect. I just, that was not part of his game. Yeah. And these were just incredible. Um, So, anyway, going forward, uh, 70th minute. It's a five versus four for Cal on the break. Uh, cross is just a little short, kind of a little quarter chance. Um, <coughs> this is clearly leading up to the goal. Um, then there's a cross header goal for Cal, um, just like a thirty seconds or a minute after that. And it's honestly, it's not that good a chance, um, but it's a, it's one of those things that when a when you have a half chance or a quarter chance and a player makes a really good play, it can become a goal. And it's a great header from a player who just goes and gets the ball. Over top of the fullback, I think it's... I was supposed to go back and look at this after we talked earlier. I, I forgot. Um, but it just... He gets... He dunks on him, basically. And it's not like... Frankie's a little slow, and I think it's Tate, and he's a little slow. But also, like, it's a it's a lower percentage chance. It's not uncontested. I mean, it's out, it's outside the six. It's not uncontested, but he's, a, he's taller than Tate is. I mean, he's like 6'1", 6'2", as a playing the wing. And... He just rises he up just, and gets he it. He just rises and, and puts it in, in the and bottom puts, And he puts it in the side netting, essentially. Like, And it's one of those, like, did they deserve a goal on the balance of their two big chances? Yes. But on the balance of play that we had had, where we controlled the whole first half and had a bunch of half chances, boy, did it feel harsh. Yeah. Um, it felt harsh to be down one nothing. If that had been the tying goal to make it 1-1, it'd be like, all right, well, that, you know, that sucks, but that feels right. And it just, that felt like we were hard done there. Um. I'm going to skip a bunch. I've got a bunch of stuff. Uh, I will skip to the 76th. Uh, clear PK on gray, not called. Um, I think I wrote, fuck this ref. No, I definitely wrote that, um, which <laughs> not very nice of me, but I stand by it. Uh, Brett had also just come in right before this. Um, basically, it's Taylor on the right side, on the left side of the box. He fakes, cuts in on his right foot like he always does. Not always. Like he like he is some of his best plays this season have, have, have done, cutting in on his stronger foot. And the it looks shoulder to shoulder in lifetime a little bit like so I didn't see it in stadium I think I thought it might be and then I was probably like ah eh, it was not that much and then on replay that dude puts his shoulder through Taylor's chest and you just if it's shoulder to shoulder it's one thing but he just pushes him off the ball and pushes him over like it's just a clear penalty but goalkeeper they don't, I'm not blaming this game on the referee by any means like yeah. those are the you you get those calls sometimes you don't get those calls good sometimes like hopefully the season balances out but man. 
it's a different game if we score a goal earlier and then we get that penalty call. Yeah, it's it just a little bit more luck in this game, and we are it's a whole different game. Um, a couple different good combination build-up plays that I won't even go through. Um, Ward and Stripling combined uh, in build-up, which was, which was fun, uh, to get um, a one-on-one um, winger versus keeper, but just doesn't result in anything. Uh, Brett gets a shot from the, and I didn't write down who that was, um, Brett gets a shot just over the bar that should not be a very good chance that he basically turns into a decent chance. I didn't write decent chance or a half chance, um, but it's him getting out and being just really aggressive and hitting a shot early, and he it beats the keeper, and if it's on frame, it's a goal. What minute was that? That was... Sorry, I'm trying to take a drink of this water. I've got something in my throat, and I keep coughing. Uh, 83rd minute. Okay. Uh, 84th minute, Cal gets a little, like, half-chance, quarter-chance thing. Yeah, because Cal mostly, like, after that goal, like, really, really packed it back in. They were Uh, already packing it in. Uh, In the sense that, like, in the second half, they were more aggressive, but they were still very safe. And they were a good team. As, like, it it is reductive, but I think it's also fair to say if you have Omar Nuno and the other attacking talent they have, which is a good, it's a good attacking team, and you leave four very good, very athletic defenders back with a, a midfield that can run around enough. Yeah, I mean, Loborio Jr. is a great, great six. Uh, and, so, like, you leave him to clean up some stuff. And and you're going you're gonna to be really solid defensively. So they get a half chance. Um, it's one of those where Tate, uh, Tate reacts just a little bit late, and the guy gets a left-footed shot off. And it comes across KG's body and it rolls out. It does not get in the corner, but it's terrifying because like it shouldn't be a big chance. Um, it's, it's terrifying in the game because then two nothing and you're done. Um, but man, it's just one of those things. I, I bet you both Tate and KG would like that chance back because I think if you have it happen again. I think if Tate reacts a little earlier because he's just a he's just a half step on him. It's not much. And then KG, I don't know how KG doesn't just like swallow it up. I'm not really sure what happened there, but it goes wide. Um, 85th, shitload of time wasting from Cal. Fucking fuck. I hate them. Um, <laughs> Bermudez comes in for Cerro in the 88th. Uh, 89th, we get an on-target free kick from Marcus. The goalkeeper bobbles, and Brett and um, Alex McGrath are inches away from hitting it because they're they're charging the goalkeeper, and he bobbles. He hits it down and off, and they're just so close to getting it. It's just, man, it's a decent chance. It's, it's labeled a half chance, but like it's a... Ninety second, we get a header across the bar from or across the um, box from Jones. Keeper saves. Good anticipation from the keeper, but could have been a, a full dunk. Um, just a little quarter chance there. And then Marcus got a uh, knockdown that came right to him at basically the penalty spot. And there's a lot of bodies in the way, so it's it's not that big. A ch- it, it would be a big chance normally. I wrote it as a quarter chance because there's like five Cal players on the line. And he, he hits it. I'm guessing he's hitting it high because that's the only place you can go because there's Cal players strewn across the line, including the goalkeeper. And he hits it over the bar, and it's that's where it ends. Um, so I kind of wrote, wrote this down. Uh, Cal had one great chance and one good chance. They had one goal off of a half or a quarter chance. And they had two half chances and two quarter chances. So like they didn't... They created some, including two big chances. But we had one great chance, one completely blown PK... And then four quarter chances and two half chances in the that's the that's not the full thing that that's the se- that's just the second half for CFC. Okay. So like that's the that's the whole game for Cal in the second. And then the, in like I said earlier in the first half we had created um, as I as I do my actual paper notes six quarter chances and three half chances. So on the balance of the game, 
one nothing is not unfair based on like Cal scoring, but one nothing penalizes us a little bit. And here's my takeaway from this game, and I know that was really detailed and really long. And I, you know, if you listeners are still here, thanks. I think that it's worth thinking that this is the. I think after seeing us play the Michigan Stars and seeing us play Cal United, we've now played everybody except for Albion. And we've seen Albion play enough to kind of have a rough idea. The 1A and 1B, and I will give Cal because they beat us, 1A and us 1B, That the two top teams in Nice are pretty clear. Yeah. And then I think Michigan Stars are pretty clearly third. And that's not a shot at them. Like that's, I think they're good, and I think they're a giant pain to play against. Um. And I think what I'm really happy about coming out of this game, now that some time has passed, is that we really took it to them. We controlled the game. And we were unlucky to lose, but not in a way that goes, oh, man, we got that lucky bounce and it should have been, you know, it should have gone in and we should and we just missed or whatever. We created stuff all game. We created enough to win and then we didn't get it done. But what that does tell me is that we can play with anybody. There's nobody in this league we can't play with. And going out to California, I won't be, whether it's in the regular season in a, here in a few weeks or in the playoffs, if we end up there in the playoffs. Playoffs? I, I, uh, I just hope we win a game. After after uh, three games in a row with no wins, I just hope we can win a game. That's, uh, sorry, I just, yeah, that's good. I, I am thinking, I'm feeling better about going out there. And sometimes you go out to somewhere and you know you're overmatched and you go, man, we just... Just need to bounce our way. That was just need a perfect. That was all last year. That was California. Like that was us going to California last year. A hundred percent. And you needed. And by the way, like luck and a perfect we, game plan. We got a we got a good game plan and a little bit of luck, and then had to hold on after a, after a red card. So I think, I think that now going out there, I'm feeling like, hey, we can beat this team on merit, with or without luck. And you need some luck, right? You if you just get unlucky, you can just lose. But I'm not relying on luck to think that's what we need to beat them or the perfect game plan or whatever. Like We're going to go out there and we're going to go toe-to-toe with them, whether it's in the playoffs or regular season, and anybody in this league can come and get it, and we're going to be competitive. And on the day, we still don't have a game outside of the next one we're going to talk about in Syracuse where we're the worst team. We've been better than everyone we've played so far, except for Atlanta United. Uh, Yeah. Now we've yeah. had so we've had better games and worse games. We've had closer games and not close. We've had some luck and some and some bad luck and some good luck. But in general, this team is just a very good fucking team. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, How are you feeling about the Cal United game now that we've gone through this long and detailed review? I I still feel about the same about the Cal United game that I did after the night was over, which is that it's hard to be it's hard to be upset about a game when. You've given yourself a chance to win. The bounces didn't go your way. And um and 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 you deserve you probably deserve something out of the game, but it wasn't like you would I mean, maybe with the penalty, like it's unjust slightly. But like I said earlier, like it's a it's a game that you uh it's a game that you uh you, you can win that one zero, you can lose that one zero, you can you know, it's just I didn't feel I didn't feel bad about it. The one thing it did do, and and we talked about this in the preview pod. The one thing that game did do is it most likely cost us a chance uh, at 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 turning the tables in Cal United and being the number one overall seed. So what we for sure did was we know our control our own destiny. Correct. If we beat Cal, 
and we just kept winning, we would control. If we had beat Cal, we would have controlled our own destiny. Yes, because we would have had another game to play against Cal, and they would have been one or two points ahead if they had their game in hand or whatever. So, like, we would have controlled our own destiny. Now we no longer do. I think, and I know where you're going with this, that like we we just have to win the East and figure out who comes out of the West and figure that out from there. Well, like, listen, it's Nisa. Like, I don't think anyone actually knows what the playoff is supposed to look like. I do know that if we're the first team in the East that we're going to get a, a bye straight to the semifinals and that we'll host that semifinal match. I have no idea what happens after that. And yeah, I don't either. I'm not really sure anyone does at this point, which is, is a huge indictment about Nisa. But let's not talk about that. But like what we do know, uh, I, I think it's reasonable to say that losing that game, uh, I think it, I think it affected our psyche a little bit, a lot, and I think you'll see that. You know the the Syracuse game. I I, I don't think I mentioned this on in the preview, uh, but I I know I did say that it was going to, it was going to be difficult, uh, and 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 every game against them had gotten progressively harder. And the word I the word I should have said was a trap game because it, it had it had all the hallmarks of uh, a trap a, game of all of a trap game. And by the way, let's just go straight into it. There was a wrinkle. There was a massive wrinkle in that game. There's two actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. There's two. Number one, Coyote Silva playing right back, uh, and Zachary Reynolds playing center back. Uh, due to Kyle Newell's injury, which uh, seems pretty bad. Yeah, he, he was in a boot from what I yeah. saw on the and, and, broadcast. And the second is if you recall the uh, if you recall the game they played in at Finley Stadium in, in the beginning part of July, uh, they they sat back uh, and really really just tried to keep us keep numbers in front or keep numbers behind the ball. And make things difficult for us, and they thought, I thought they did a pretty good job of that, um, and 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 could even be considered a little unlucky not to take points from that game. Uh, up at their place, a few weeks later, that one zero game, uh, you know we've got that we've got that goal that's called back for offside. They've got a goal called back for offside, and man, I don't know. I think I think both of those I think both of those were, were good goals. Uh, but they 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 still they stayed back. The, the field temperature was hot as hell. It was the middle of the day in July, like so they stayed back. They did not press. We get up to we get up there for August fourteen on that Sunday. What's the first thing that happens as soon as we get the ball? They came right at us with the press, and I thought they caused us problems. Uh, well, I know that because it happened. Like they, they, they did. They caused us problems, and and they were ready to play from minute one, and and we were. It did not look like we were. Yes, yeah, so- and and I, I'm really referring to. Um. Well, I mean, like sometimes, sometimes you like you take a long road trip. You come. You have a hangover game. You have a long road trip, and and it's your third game in nine days, and, you know. Sometimes you like you're just not on it immediately, and a team that's been playing better like this is not the Syracuse we remember back from June, like a team that's just playing better, who has a good game plan and like some decent players and or, or whatever like they can punch you in the mouth, and they obviously did with that third minute goal, 
Uh, a great ball over the top by Evan Waldrop. Uh, KJ, we've talked about KJ on this podcast a bunch, uh, just due to his athleticism and speed. Like, he's just ridiculously fast. And he gets in behind, good touch, finishes it, um, you know, finishes a one-on-one chance. And we go behind, and then just minutes later, you know, it's kind of a poor touch. Colin gets caught out uh, and, you know, loses the ball and has to take a red card. Otherwise, it's just a one-on-one chance with the keeper again. And that's probably 2-0. You think you should have taken the red card? Or you think you should have scored the goal or left the goal? Maybe get scored, maybe get taken. Because it, it's, I think it's reasonably, it's reasonable to say it would have been two nothing. But the guy can also shoot wide. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. I. I also want to ask Colin and tell, and because you know he trips and falls on the guy's leg, and like looks like he kind of reaches out and grab, but you can't really see. I wonder if he is. I wonder if he if he was honest with us, and I don't know if he would be, uh, because I don't know if he wants to say that he purposely. Whatever, but it kind of looks like he falls on him. Does he claim he tripped, or is he just? I think he's taking him down on purpose. But I think he's taking him down on purpose. But also, like he falls on his. I mean, like if you're, I think the goal matters more because of the way we play in possession. And now I think third game in, in nine days off a long road trip. Maybe this isn't true. And, and maybe that's a, a different conversation about rotation and some stuff like that. I was going to say, so like... But I, like, I think I think the goal matters more. I think in hindsight, there should have been more rotation. I realize, like, playing every three games, or three, playing every three days, like, if you space out this season, we have not rotated very much, but we've had a lot of just one-week breaks. We haven't had to. We haven't had to. I do think there is an argument that, in hindsight, it's pretty convincing. Like, look... This game, it's easy to it's pretty easy to sum up. We came out with a hangover from the Cal United game, yeah, and we should have been better, and we were we were not. And Colin had a nightmare, yeah, like he get he gets beat on the KJ goal, mm-hmm. and he gives up the the turnover. And like Colin's been one of the standout players this year. I think he's one of the best players in this team. So like I think it's fair to also say he's got broad shoulders. Like he he I think he would probably if he was sitting here say like he had a shitty game, yeah. And but I also I think. And so I'm not absolving him or the team of coming out because they, they, they've they got to learn from this. Right. And it's better now than the hangover game in the playoffs, right? Oh, or God. or whatever. Don't put that energy into the universe, so man. So, like, no, I mean, like, I, I think there's a lot to learn from this game. So I, I, I am not actually mad about the loss, but I think it's pretty easy to sum up this game. We have one player who had a particularly poor game, mm-hmm. uh, a particularly poor eight minutes, um, and us coming out terrible, and Syracuse being ready to play, well-rested, and this being their fucking Super Bowl because you have five former players and the former coach, like and, and not and not only and, and who played well and who cared a lot, but like we got beat, we got they scored a goal and got a red card, and then what I think happened is Rod said, "I want to see how this plays out," and and I know that you hated that he didn't make subs till thirty fifth, uh-huh. but he eventually got Nick in there, and then from thirty five to seventy five, we were the better team we're with the, ten players, team. yeah, with ten players, and. Obviously, I think we saw that if you if we lose a center back, you gotta you gotta sub him out and get a center back in there. And also, there's a world in which, with hindsight, Rod probably should have made some for the mentality should have made some subs for this game, some rotation. And I don't know if he would say that, but I think armchair quarterbacking it right now, he should have. 
And like, there's an argument that Spielman should have been as an all league center back and one of your best players should have been in that rotation amongst these games. And maybe, I don't know why Colin makes the error, right? Maybe he just has a bad day, but also maybe he's gassed, maybe whatever else. There's a world in which Spielman's subbed in in one of these games and Colin's either fresher or he's playing for Colin in this one. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to put this all on Rod, but like, I'm just saying there are some rotation stuff that I bet you with not just Spielman, but just overall and how we played and how flat we were that could have happened and could have made things different. But we're the better team for with 10 men for 40 plus minutes, which is crazy. And then we just run out of steam. Right. With third game in nine days, travel, and bad playing, mentality. Playing a man down. Playing a man down the whole time. And bad mentality. Our mentality was not on point. And they, they get two goals there at the end off of another KJ good play and just them giving up on that third goal. And like I'm not I'm not defending that. It's not good. They gotta learn from it. But you're not gonna it is very unlikely and it is definitely not reasonable to expect you're just gonna win, you know, go undefeated the rest of the season, eleven straight after the eleven straight. Like it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. And it's better this game now. It's, I'm not even mad about this game. I was frustrated at the time, of course. Yeah. But this is a game that they... Now, if we learn nothing from this, if we play poorly, if we repeat these same mistakes, that'll be one thing. Maybe I'll look back on this game with more... We we do have another another stretch of three games in, in eight or nine days or however that's going to play out. Actually, it's, I think it's three games in six days because we'll play Cal United on a Sunday, San Diego on a Wednesday, and then LA Force at home on... And we will be at... A, all three of those and games. We'll be at all three of those together. Games. That's beside the point. Uh, we should take. That's a different conversation. If we can take podcast equipment out there, Woo, we'll we, can, uh, we we can we we can we'll talk, talk we'll figure something. <laughs> um, but point but like that like that's I mean like think about that. You've got Cal United, the best team in the West, best team in, in the in the in the league, on the road. That's going to be tough. And by the way, that's coming off of a, a stretch where we'll have we'll go to away to Maryland Bobcats the week before. We'll host Metro Louisville. Uh, on a Wednesday night at home, the game that replaces... And we better Valley play United. all the players who haven't got many minutes, for the love of God, Rod. <laughs> Chris, Rod, if one of you is listening to this, please, for the love of God, heavily rotate that Metro Louisville game. I mean, like, pull somebody out of the stands if you have to. Like, No, we got enough players. Listen, Ethan Corn hasn't made his debut yet. Let's get that boy some minutes. Like, let's let's get Damien in there. Let's get, like, if Fabian's practicing and, and around with the team, let's get him in there. Definitely. Like, definitely whoever's whoever's around. Uh, and then, by the way, I'm not saying, like, Damien's, I think Damien's going to play a big role the rest of the season. I think we saw the other night yeah. that he's going to play a big role. Giuseppe needs to play. Like, there are some players in this team that deserve to start. Shoot, Spielman's fresh as shit. Like, let's get some, <laughs> uh, let's get some, some players in there that can play. Let's get Red in there. You know, hell, let's get Red for a half. And I don't know. Anyway, my point being is, like, let's get some, Let's figure out how to get some rotation for Metro Louisville. For the love of God, if Marcus plays a single minute against Metro Louisville, I'm be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> you better wrap Marcus and uh, Ian McGrath in. I'm sorry, Alex McGrath and Can, Ian Zero. Cannot believe you did that. Uh, it's it's having Ian McGrath and a Mark and a Alex McGrath in, in two separate seasons. Uh, Ian Zero, Alex McGrath, and Marcus better be wrapped and Taylor Gray better be wrapped in actual bu- physical bubble wrap and sitting on the bench like Bubble Boy style. Like for that Metro Louisville game, but anyway, I, I it just I don't think it's that hard to sum up. I don't think we need to spend much time belaboring the point. We came out flat. We Colin had a stinker, and then we weren't good. It's not like we were like great, but we kind of figured it out. And this is a game they got to learn from. Take your lumps. Yep, you're away from home. It's third game. Like there is there are alibis here, 
right? There are games you're going to have no more alibis. There's an alibi here that's reasonable. And if we learn from this, it is very likely we are a better team at the end of the season because of losing this game. And it's going to be a real bummer if somehow it works out that losing this game was the game that keeps us from hosting the final, right? That would be a real bitter pill to swallow. However, we're trying to win a championship this year. We're trying to make a deep playoff run. We're trying to do like hit the highs of highs and you've got to go through some adversity. And this is adversity that can be learned from. And I'm not going to sweat this one. um, Not right now. I have two points to make. Number one, uh, you keep mentioning the the kind of like Super Bowl game for for Syracuse. Uh, I think there's an interesting shift there that it was the first game they played against us was kind of like that Super Bowl type game. I think from then on, I think it's been really just another game and like they've been up for it and, and played well or whatever. but they're in they're in one of those situations right now. like this isn't like playing us isn't a pride thing anymore. like they're trying to make the playoffs. like they're a team trying to make the playoffs who had at to that point in time, had only beaten Flower City on the year. They had done it three times at that point in time. They've they've completed the the quad since then. Uh, that game and beating Flower City right now in the table is that the, is that their only four wins plus us? Yeah, those those are their five wins this year. Oh, uh, turtle. <laughs> they are now only three points back. Of Maryland Bobcats, they got to beat their direct rival Maryland Bobcats. How many more times do they play them? I think twice. They've they, got they've gotten a draw and they lost one early in the season. They got to win and draw. They got to get four points out of their next six against Maryland if they want to make the playoffs. Well, I mean, like, look, they've also got to play Michigan Stars one more time. Uh, they're going to have Bay Cities, I think, twice. They can beat Bay Cities, right? Now, uh, I'm not saying they're going to because Bay Cities are very like hot and cold. Like you saw in this halves of our game, right? Like there's the goal, there's the half they score two goals off of some pretty um, low percentage chances, but like they're they're like dynamite for ten minutes and then absolutely dog shit for the other eighty. Like they can beat them. Just the question is, are they gonna are they going to be able to catch them with some lows and not right. just highs? And and I, I think if you if you look at the table right now, you know stars are sitting on I think twenty four points, uh, and. You know, why don't I just actually pull it up real quick so that I don't sure. talk it on my ass here. And, and while you're pulling it up, I will say, like, I I think that Star, you... Stars are on 24 at 15 games. Maryland Bobcats are on 21 at 15 games. Uh, Syracuse is on 17 at 16 games. So if you look at a direct comparison, Syracuse and Maryland Bobcats, assuming we go to Maryland this weekend and win that game, and that, a that's big, their game in hand. That's a big assumption, but we'll just say it. That's their game in hand. They're four points back with, that would be eight to go. That's interesting, especially when you play twice. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and it comes down to, specifically, Maryland will play three of their last five games on the West Coast. Syracuse is going to play four of their last five games in one trip that on is, the West Coast. That is the thing that will make their season. Just like I've said that it's the it was these 10 games I know we've kind of like or 11 games I know we've kind of shuffled things around with a couple games and, changing. And the season ends. The season ends with Bobcats and Syracuse and us at Michigan. And Michigan's knock on wood, we are winning and I'm not taking this for granted, but I'm just saying like if you play this out and the things finish how they finish now for us and we stay in first place, 
your next three teams for the last two playoff spots are Syracuse, who are outside looking in currently, Maryland, and Michigan Stars, who I think Michigan Stars are the third best team in this league. However, we started out a little bit of this podcast talking about um, the best teams and how they play. Cal United plays every game to win. Yep. Chattanooga Football Club plays, absolutely plays every game to win. The difference in the third team here, the third best team in the league, is that they play, Michigan Stars, every game not to lose. Now, that is extremely effective in the playoffs, potentially, because in the playoffs, you just need to win a coin flip, right? If you if you get to penalties, for example, or whatever else. But they are, they are currently not winning as many games. They're winning some games, for sure. They're in second place pretty clearly. But they can draw a few games and lose a couple of tough games. I mean, like, real, and be real right quick, back in real that quick, mix. Things can go can go very yeah. Read that. Read their schedule real quick. So they've played. Um, uh, so they they beat Flower City Union. They beat Pulse. Uh, that actually that that game they beat Pulse was a forfeit. I remember. Uh, they drew Maryland Bobcats. They drew Pulse. They beat Bay Cities two one. Uh, that was the game that was in the uh. In the in the stars, park. the field of dreams. <laughs> I I watched that game. That was fun. That was honestly a fun game to watch with their three thousand people that were actually three hundred. <laughs> they drew they drew L A Force. They lost to Mich- uh, to Cal United. They beat Flower City Union. Uh, they lost to Maryland Bobcats. They drew us. They drew Flower City Union. Uh, they beat Maryland Bobcats. They beat Pulse. They lost to Cal United. Uh, and then they drew us. So like, what what's their overall record? Their overall record now is uh, six, six, and three. Six wins, six draws, and three losses. That includes the the forfeit match. And look, that's the three losses is very good. We have three losses. Yeah. So like, I'm not, I'm not shitting on that. But their six their six draws are directly because not because of their talent level, which they're a decent team. They but they are built. We are built to possess the ball. And, and go try to score goals and to control games by possessing the ball. That is how we are built. Yep. They, Cal United is built to be a good team with a high payroll and a lot of talent. And honestly, with good coaching, uh, which is not their current coach, you can do a lot of damage with that team because you can play a bunch of different ways. Yeah, that that team, if we're, if we're being honest, that team is underachieving should be, massively. Should be better than even what it is now. Yeah. And it's pretty good for Nisa. I mean, look what they did. Usually what they did in the Open Cup. Like, it's a talented team. It's a good team. With better coaching, it's a better team. We don't have to belabor the, the Donnie versus shitty coach point. Well, and remember that the, the League One team they they, they beat in uh, their Open Cup matchup. Is getting relegated to the PDL? <laughs> well, Tucson, yeah. Ba- they probably should get relegated back to the PDL, yes. But, like, <laughs> they, beat, they, beat, they beat an amateur team, and then they beat Tucson. Yeah. And then like, they- in the round where we got to play Atlanta United... They got to play Tucson. They got to play Tucson. Yeah, and then they went, and but honestly, they went and they I, played the Galaxy pretty tough. Like they got beat, but yeah, like I mean, Galaxy two. Did they drop down a bunch of their Galaxy two players? Yeah. Not, okay. Yeah. My my well, point. What actually speaking of, that's probably uh probably the best, uh the best evidence for LA Galaxy actually being able to fill Championship Stadium at Orange County Great Park with LA Galaxy two is that Open Cup game, and I don't think anyone's realized that yet. 
It's good shit, dude. You're, <laughs> you're a bad guy. There's four people on planet Earth that get that joke, and hopefully three of them listen to this podcast. I hope so. Um, so, yeah, I... I think like we can leave the Syrac that I think Syracuse, Michigan. I think we should put Syracuse aside yep. en- entirely. Like that game that game is very, very clear. And our season, as you pointed out, our season became when we lost to Cal United, that our season became win the East. So our direct competition is Michigan Stars, which we're going gonna go into right now and talk about. So we lost oh we didn't mention the score. Um we lost three nothing to Syracuse if you missed it. <laughs> we were by the trying way. not to. Um we lost three nothing. And it just is what it is. Michigan Stars is now our direct rival for first place in the East. They are the team we need to beat because we need to get a home game in the playoffs. And realistically, that is the most likely scenario now unless because we don't control our own destiny. And what we do control with, with regards to Cal United, what we do control is our own destiny with regards to the East. So coming into this Michigan Stars game, coming off of the bad loss at Syracuse that was not fun, but we just justified it as best we can, <laughs> and coming off of a good performance against Cal United that we were, I don't want to say unlucky to lose. We just, it didn't go our way. It's a good game. It's a fair, one one nothing's a fair result. Also, ties a fair result. Us winning one nothing, all fair results. Now we're coming into the game as Michigan Stars, which, spoiler alert, 0-0. Zero, zero. How are you feeling now? We don't have to spend a ton of time against Michigan Stars. Uh, I do want to say one thing before we talk about how we're feeling. Um, there were some arguments in the supporter section, so this is an extremely niche um, thing, about who cleared the ball off the line. Um, so there's a header at one point, like one of the only points Michigan Stars got forward, and there was a header on a, on something, and it was a headed off the line, saved by our player because it, it, it beat everybody but one player. That player was Travis Ward. Yep. Yeah. Uh, People in the sports section were sure it was um, Nick Spielman. I thought it was Tate, so it was Travis. <laughs> Just want to clear that piece up. Uh, how are you feeling about the Michigan Stars game? We can do a quick recap of that. I watched the you watched and you. I see you have some notes. The first half. I watched the second half. Um, yeah, how you feeling? What do you want to talk about regarding Michigan Stars? Uh, the Michigan Stars game is is it's a pretty classic Michigan Stars game. Uh, they came out. Uh, they bunkered a lot, and they bunkered more in the second half than they did the first half. Uh, they had two moments, uh, maybe in the first 10 minutes and in the last 10 minutes of the first half, where they brought the press in uh, and just tried to, to throw a different look at us. Uh, but otherwise, they mostly stayed back. They did try to possess the ball and put it put it on the ground a little bit, uh, more so maybe than I expected, which wasn't a ton. Um. It was a decent, I think it was a decent game of football. Um, uh, partly just knowing what to kind of expect from from them. Uh, we had five shots in the in the first half. Two of them were on goal. Uh, a couple of those were, were not on, a couple of those that were off target were blocked. Um, had we forced, you know, the two shots that were on goal, we forced McCruver to make a couple of good saves. Uh, one of them was Maybe even more than a good save. It was a really good save. He's such a fucking douchebag, but he's very, very fucking good. Yeah, and and honestly, there is there is one uh, where that does not go down as a as a shot where uh, we kind of set up a, a little bit of a press, and he tried to play over the press, and he played right right to Alex McGrath in the fifth minute, and that I really thought we wasted that opportunity. 
I thought Alex was just a, a little bit slow to play it to Taylor. Taylor took a little bit too long to play it into Marcus. I thought Marcus should have hit it first time. He takes a touch to set to set up the to set up the shot, which then leads to another touch and another touch, and then he lays it off to Damian. And Damian surveys the scene and tries to play a ball on the ground, kind of back post, but there's no runner, and Makruva, you know, picks it up. And it was just one of those where I think I think that that chance, and we don't even need to go through actually the rest of these come at some of the rest of these chances. I think that chance sums it up for where where we are right now, which is three goal or three games, no goals scored. Uh, and not for not that we've been bad, horrible over the stretch of those three games. I thought we played I thought we played pretty well against Michigan Stars. Um I thought we were very good defensively. I thought we were we were incredibly solid in terms of our structure defensively. Uh, especially in especially in terms of uh, keeping the right numbers in the right positions in our in our uh, I mean we were playing essentially a flying V in in attack. You, know, you had Spielman Spiel as the as the sweeper. You had Frankie and Tate. I am dead on the same on the same line. There's a bit of a diamond approach because you've got Dixon kind of at this the This is what I was trying to tell them. you on the phone this morning before you watched it. Yeah, and then and then yeah, but you 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 get sold on a back three. This is not a back three. This is a flying it's like a flying V diamond. <laughs> I'm in the I peek behind the curtain. I'm in I'm walking my dogs this morning and Matthew's driving back from I don't know, Tim Buck fucking two and coming back from Nashville, right? Mm -hmm. And and I we we're we're chatting about uh stuff that we have talked about on this podcast, but not like the same stuff. We're talking about like we hadn't really talked, and, and whenever we're, we're not, not talking about what we're going to talk about on the podcast, we're just discussing how we feel about the games. I had just watched the whatever, and then we hadn't watched the Michigan Stars, and I'm trying to explain to him that we're playing a back three in certain circumstances, and he is just like not having it, and now he's calling it a flying V, which is spectacularly good, and I'm going to call it that from now on. <laughs> it's the, that's, the, that's where it's it the is. four four Bill and the uh, flying V, <laughs> but this was uh, yeah, that was really really good. I do think, but my my point though is that i think and and this goes back to what i was saying a little bit earlier where against teams like maryland bobcats that come at you a little bit teams like flower city who were too fucking stupid to realize they shouldn't come at you uh, bay cities uh the syracuse game in in june where we caught them uh when they didn't even practice the day before uh, and they frankly were just not as good as they are right now like in those games, they helped create space for us. I mean, like, yes, we did some stuff. We moved the ball around well and and were able to take advantage of, of the space that they did provide. But they were providing space, often in behind. And one of the things that's been different about uh about the LA Force on the road, with the exception of the first few minutes of that game, um, uh, Michigan Stars both times, Cal United, uh, and a couple, you know, two three games against Syracuse, is when they put numbers behind the ball. We are just not. We're close. I mean, like we're danger adjacent a lot, but we we just don't have yet the sharpness in in totality. In like, you know, we can play a sharp pass here, but maybe the next pass isn't quite quite as sharp. And you, we just need to be a little bit sharper, a little bit more focused, a little bit more turned, tuned in to to the game and where the space is 
and what the matchups are and are there any overloads that we can take advantage of. And I thought that chance in the fifth minute kind of encapsulated it because that's a golden opportunity. Uh, like there is no there is no right back in that in that sequence. The right back's higher than Alex McGrath is. Uh, I mean, like it's one of those just dangerous, dangerous opportunities that should have been something and didn't even result in a shot. And, uh, and I'm not, and I'm not mad. Like I'm not mad about drawing. Uh, that's a game you want to win. It's a game you kind of need to win, but you don't. You don't have to win. It's not a season-defining. So draw. I think I think because it's the Michigan Stars and because our season is now. The Michigan Stars. Finishing again before, uh, above Michigan Stars so that we get a bye and therefore we get a home game. It's not. It's a fine result. It's I mean, not like a good, if, it's not a if, good result, but it's an ex- go perfectly out, acceptable. If we go out and we do the rest of the season what we need to do and we draw the next two games at Michigan Stars and they're both 0-0, zero, zero, then we'll still finish ahead of them and still be first in the East. Without a doubt. Uh, but I I just we're going to have to and and whether it's now whether it's in the playoffs we're going to have to be better at breaking down teams and and, and like being able to score being able to put the ball in the back of the net against teams that put numbers behind the ball and are trying to make it difficult for us and that is not me saying, you know, Marcus needs to do better. Taylor needs to do better. You know, Damian or, or Brett or Ale or, or, you know, Alex McGrath and Ian Sarah need to do better, right? This is more of a, uh, I, I, I'm a big believer that, that the, if you're defending with 11 and everyone, like all of your 11 players need to be able to defend and like work together as a unit to defend. All 11 players, even going back to, to the goalkeeper, whether it's Kevin Gonzalez or Alec Reddington, all 11 players need to be tuned into the offensive side of the ball. Even the center, and, and maybe especially the center backs, with, for the way that we play. Because our, our system is designed to, yeah, like you said, to, to keep the ball, to possess the ball. But think about the outside backs and think about the center backs. Their job may only be to pass the ball side to side or, or maybe find find those, you know, between those lines and gaps. But maybe it's just swinging the ball from left to right or from or from right to left faster. Because if you can switch the field to play, then the defenders have to suddenly run not five or ten yards for a pass, but they've got to run now run 25 yards. And when you make defenders run and consistently run and change positions um, and, doing, and doing their job, you can scramble their shape a little bit. And that opens up more gaps. That opens up more opportunities for, for players that we have to be able to find some weaknesses in, in, in the defense. And that maybe that's my biggest criticism, aside from playing fast enough, is, and, and I think some speed, speed of thought and speed of play needs to be better against some of these teams going forward, but also remembering that you that you do have to make them run. Part of the system is making them run, and by doing so, you can't just keep passing the ball on one side of the field. You've got to switch the field of play. And it just, it just find the space where the space is. And when you, when you find that space, then you attack in space. 
and that attack can destabilize something else. Uh, and if we do that, if we learn from if we learn from this stretch, I believe we're going to be able to finish the season uh, playing well, getting the results we need to stay number one in the East, to get a home playoff game, and I think we will have given ourselves the tools to win that playoff game um, against whoever we play, whether it be it be it Michigan Stars, be it the Bobcats, be it Syracuse, or if a West team comes for some stupid-ass reason. However that works, I think if we remember our the principles of how, that, how coach wants them to play, I think we'll be okay. And... And if you can win that, you can win that playoff game. And listen, playoff games are they're a crapshoot in, in some in some cases anyway. But if if we do the things that we know we can do, we're gonna be okay. And it's three games with three not awesome results. It's one point in three. It's not great. But we built ourselves a good cushion during that eleven game run. And now it's now it's time to buck up for the rest of the season. I agree. I agree. I will say I will add a caveat to we are really, really struggling with bunkered teams, but we are struggling the way all good teams do playing against good bunkered teams. So Flower City can bunker against us in that game we're gonna play against them. And I am against any bunker team, I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm not nervous that they're gonna be like really good. We're gonna break them down. Whether we, you know, how the game goes, how it doesn't go, whatever else. Syracuse can bunker against us, and it's tougher than Flower City. But when you look at a team like Michigan Stars, and, and you sent me this text the other day, which is that in, in five games against the Michigan Stars, Rod Underwood has zero goals, and the Michigan Stars have zero goals. The Michigan Stars are set up to be a problem for a Rod Underwood coach team because they do the exact opposite of you. They just want to not lose. And they just defend for the lives. And you can see when the game ended, three of their players fell down on the ground, just like gasping for air and just like laid there on the turf. Like they play to not lose and they play to block all the stuff. And they are a good team, which is why I do not want to play them in the playoffs because playoffs are a crapshoot. But I don't, I am not worried about this team and our ability to be a good team. I am more certainly worried in any, any one game series where we play in the playoffs. But, and if we can avoid the stars, that'd be awesome. But I do think that one thing we do have to learn exactly what you pointed out, which is how to be a little sharper and how to be a little bit better because we created chances against the Stars and we didn't put them away. And we have got to get back to putting away early chances, which we did in our 11-game run. We were putting together um, early chances and then putting them in. And if we're not scoring early, teams gain confidence. It's just ad nauseum. We've already mentioned it once on this podcast. Rod said it. You got to hit them early. Yeah. So, and Absolutely. when you do get a chance, you got to finish. So, um, I think the Michigan Stars game, it's a decent result. It's annoying to not win, but like, it's not unexpected. They're the third best team in the league. And it is, I would not be shocked if we tied the next two games up there. When we go up there to play them, zero, zero. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not, I'm not predicting that. I think we could, I think we can beat them. <clears throat> I said to you earlier today, I think if you, Every game is different and every game is like unique. So you like each a game can go anyway. But if you played 900 minutes against the Michigan Stars, we are going to win those 900 minutes overall. Yeah. Nope. 10 games. That's 10 games worth of minutes. No problem. Not no problem, but they're a tough team to play. We're going to win. Whether that's 2 1, 3 1, 3 0, 2 0, whatever. But it's going to be a slog. 
The problem is if you reduce it down to 90 minutes. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. We can lose one nothing. We can whatever. So I am, I'm fine with what, what we need to do now is, and, and to wrap this whole podcast up is this has been a tough three game run. It's a draw. It's zero goals scored. It's a loss. Zero goals scored. And it's a loss. Zero goals scored. But we got to learn from this. And this is, we're still in the middle of that most important stretch of the season, which is the, the 10 league games, nine league games, whatever it is now after the, the missing games in August, August and September. Like, mm-hmm. let's go, f- let's finish strong. Let's finish in first place. And then once you get to the playoffs, it's just one game at a time. We can go win a title. We can lose in the first game. It is how it goes. And I'm not, I'm not saying I want to, like, it's okay for us to lose, but, like, playoffs are a crapshoot. So one thing at a time. Get there in first place so that we host a playoff game so someone else has to play on a Wednesday and then we play on a Saturday. Make them come to us. I, You know, I actually heard uh, the announcer talk about on the Stars broadcast that... They had an announcer on a Stars broadcast? on For us. Oh, okay. Um, that makes sense. That... The playoffs were going to be, and I I don't know if I've seen this anywhere else, uh, that the playoffs, the the kind of two versus three game is going to be on the Saturday following the end of the regular season, and that we don't play the semifinal until a week after that. I really hope that's not the case. I also really hope that's not the case. Because I don't want two weeks off before we play our first game, even if it's a home game, and then somebody else gets a week of rhythm game between the middle. I'll also point out that we don't play... Uh, we don't play a league game before Michigan Stars on October 15 until I know, we have two- Wednesday, uh, September 28th. Yeah, I do not want a league game on the 28th, a league game on the 15th. And then a playoff game on the, like, the 29th or whatever it is. Yeah, like, do not want... And, and if anybody's wondering why, like... So, yeah, you can get healthy, and that's good. You can be rested, and that's good. But you, you need game minutes, and you, you need, need rhythm. sharpness and, and rhythm. It is like... Yeah, that's very, very bad if that shakes out that way, and I just hope it doesn't. And if it does, if that shakes out, I hope we have friendlies in between. I'm dead serious. All of those games, I hope they fucking schedule NPSL teams between all of them, and then you get the starters out there for 45 minutes, and you get them some minutes and some rhythm and some sharpness, at least something, because fuck me, man. that will, yeah. If we go from the 28th to the 15th, to the 31st or whatever, that's going to be bad news bears. And I hope the whole point of having home field advantage should be that they have to play on a Wednesday and then you play on a Monday on a, on a Saturday following that. If it's not like that, well, I got more than that to more bones to pick than that with Nisa, but um, (laughs) either way, let's one thing at a time. Let's win. uh, Let's finish winning out the East and then let's go to the playoffs and host a game. Yeah. Real quick before we, before we wrap this thing up, uh, the boys go to Bob uh, to the Maryland Bobcats. I thought you were going to say to Bob's house. <laughs> no, I was gonna say which yet. one? I'm going to pick at Bob's house when we go to California, though. Uh, no, the boys go to, to the to the Bobcats on Saturday, the 27th. Uh, don't have to say how big of that game is right now. Uh, every game is big at the state at the stage of the season, uh, but it's a it's a good opportunity for for them to kind of reset things and to get back on to get back on track and. Following that, you've got Metro Louisville on that Wednesday, the 31st, that we've talked about, hopefully to see a lot of rotation. And then it's a big trip to California. And, you know, we'll we'll figure out how to continue to do our, our kind of recap and, and previews. We're not going to really preview the Bobcats game because we just played them not too long ago. Excuse me, at the, big, at the beginning of the month. The Chattahooligan Locker's getting to you. <laughs> it's a great beer, man. Uh, we played them at the beginning of the month, so... 
there's not a lot that really needs to be said about that game. They're coming off of um, they're coming off of a trip to to California where they played uh, San Diego Albion um, and and lost that game grossly unjustly. By the way, uh, massive massive uh, stakes for the playoff race to to have a blown offsides call that led led to uh, San Diego's game winning goal, uh, and we'll just see what happens. And it's a uh, it's a good opportunity for for the guys to get back on track. It's a big game, and if you're if you're going to be in Maryland, uh, we'll try to we'll try to help connect you if we can. Uh, we're going to all be at the at the roller derby bout uh, to watch co-host Smitty coach's final bout of the season, uh, which should be a great time. So that's really uh, that's really all I've got, Breezy. That's all I've got. Thank you, everybody, for checking in. Thanks for tuning in. If you made it an hour and 24 minutes and 52 seconds into this, I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, thank you, guys. We'll catch up with you soon.